0: Hey, you're listening to Tech Talks with Lou and I'm Lou Temlett. I hope you're having a good day and I'm really thankful for you listening. So this is Tech Talks with Lou, the show in which I discuss the top tech secrets for success from the best in today's digital world. Last time I spoke with Marco Robinson, award-winning entrepreneur and award-winning filmmaker. If you haven't already listened, head back after this episode and let me know what you think. My guest today is an expert in the supply chain and operations implementation and has a long experience of working in fields of engineering and technology. Their specialist subject is using 3D printing to overcome supply chain problems. I'd like to welcome Len Panett to my podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Lou. (laughs) How are you today? Very well, thank you. Very well. Good. Thank you so much for joining me. I know this has been a long, long awaited interview, uh, which I'm really excited about, actually, because we have all experienced um, supply chain issues and actually using technology and On top of technology, using 3D printing to overcome some of those life problems is what we're going to talk about today. But first of all, um, I'd like you to explain what the term supply chain means for those of us that might not be clear absolutely so what is a
1: supply chain um if you ask six people you will get 10 different definitions of supply chain and everybody's coming from their own angle and the answer is is whilst they're not quite right they are all together correct so a um when a product or a service is is um given or sold to, to someone, uh, that product reaches that person through the cumulative efforts of multiple organizations and multiple people. And collectively, uh, those are the supply chain. Uh, managing that supply chain uh, is the set of um, planning activities and purchasing activities, manufacturing and logistics that go to move uh, products all the way through to become from raw materials, uh, from raw materials to. Uh, end use, um, products or things that can be sold and, and, and used, um, but services as well. So, uh, you start off with people's time and their intelligence and they use those resources, um, to provide a service. So both products and services have, uh, a series of agents that transform, um, things from one form to another to end up with whatever it is that you're trying to make or sell.
0: Okay, Len. So how can we um, use what you've just described and get the listeners to understand in terms of a, a specific product or service? Do you have a something that you can, you know, from the from the start to the to the end start point the end. in a supply Absolutely. chain? Um
1: let's pick one that we're we're all used to seeing everywhere. Let's pick a car. Um so a car doesn't start as as a series of things that need to get assembled and each of the components in a car doesn't start in that format you've got to go back to raw materials you've got to dig things out of the ground or or reuse um, uh, materials um, and and those that's the starting point of a supply chain those materials then get sold on to another organization that turns them into components turns them into assemblies. Uh, those components and assemblies are then bought by the car manufacturers who might do some more work on them uh, and transform them into ultimately the car. Throughout all of that, every organization is buying something from the next organization up the supply chain and selling them to the net person or the organization down the supply chain. And once that purchase has been made, once that uh, um, procurement activity has happened, those raw materials, those items are moved from one place to another. Now, as you can imagine, nowadays, those uh, distances could be global. We could be buying raw materials um, from somewhere in southern Africa. Uh, They can be moved to a factory somewhere in Southeast Asia. Um, Those assemblies can then be brought to uh, Europe uh, where they're made into the finished car. And then that car can be sold to somebody in Latin America, North America or, or wherever.
0: I think that's a really great example, Len. And obviously, you may well know that my history is in the car industry. So that completely resonated with me. But actually appreciating the fact that there are so many components that the buying and selling goes up and down the chain, whether it's from the supplier to the manufacturer and then to the customer, that there's transactions along the way. And I think putting it into perspective you know, my understanding now is, is more increased because of your explanation. You know, it's the, it's the transactions backwards and forwards that I think some of us may not understand or appreciate. Um, so thank you for kind of highlighting that. A number of my listeners will be interested in sustainability and kind of local, um, you know, uh, purchasing from local suppliers. So maybe we can kind of touch on that a bit later, because the supply chain, I guess, feels like it, like you're describing, is a massive global network. But how can we, you know, work I guess, to improve the the kind of localization of production, um, and I think that's that's maybe where we'll you're going to be discussing with the 3 d printing. but um so we've explained the supply chain. Now, your specialism is in 3D printing and solving those problems, but can you just give us an introduction in what you mean or understand by 3D printing so that we can kind of pair the supply chain bit and the 3D printing together? Yes. So...
1: what is 3d printing when people talk about it they have visions and and um, a lot of the hype from a a few years ago uh, was of something that can come almost comes out of a star trek or science fiction film where you can go to a machine order whatever you want and it's suddenly there in a a physical format (laughs) the reality isn't quite there yet (laughs) but the basic idea is um the uh, so 3d printing is not one thing is a range of different technologies um, that make things using one one, uh, approach that's consistent, which is to build things up layer by layer. So what does that mean? If you imagine I've got a document on my computer and I print it off on uh, an inkjet printer, so a printer that lays down a layer of ink where I want the ink to be. If I take that Print out, and I put it back into the printer and I put another layer of ink on top of that and I do this thousands of times eventually those layers of ink will come out of the paper and I'll now have some sort of object.
0: Oh okay hey, uh, I, I want I want to kind of pause there because um if any of you have children, you may have seen the 3D printing pens. Now, is that the sort of thing uh, am I jumping too far ahead, Len? Uh <laughs> um, no, no, you're you're on the right track. And and so it's um, building up those layers. Building up those layers. That's right. And and the
1: technologies to do that, um, well, there are so many nowadays. And if I try to describe them all by the time your listeners are listening to this, there will probably be another two. Um, But the basic idea, if um, uh, those pens work, those pens are, are are what are called extrusion 3D printers. So if you imagine taking a tube of toothpaste and on the side of your sink, you squeeze the toothpaste and then build up something layer by layer with that toothpaste as you're squeezing it. That's essentially what those pens are doing. They are heating up plastic inside them, um, and they're getting pushed out of the pens. And then the plastic, once it's in the air, Cools down and it solidifies, and now I've got my 3D printed thing.
0: Okay, Um, if if any of my listeners are listening and your children listening, please cover their ears for that last (laughs) few seconds because I can just imagine sinks full of toothpaste right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But as you can imagine, you know, trying to do things like that, you're you're going to end up with certainly if you can imagine what this toothpaste made thing is going to be, it's not going to be the smoothest thing. It's not. Going to be the most precise object. Um, so, uh, what uh, quite a few uh, 3D printers do nowadays is they use powders um, where a layer of powder is put down on a bed and then um, various energy beams and that could be a laser it could be an uh, an electron beam melts the dot of powder where that laser is focused and that solidifies that little dot and then the laser moves on to the next dot and and so it ends up solidifying the powder in that layer in the shape that you want and then another layer of powder is put on top and the the process is repeated and you end up building up your 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 thing um, layer by layer uh, in in, 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 to to form the solid object Um, one of the more recent um approaches um, if you're a fan of the terminator uh, films um you'll remember the t1000 in terminator 2 where you've got a, a a liquid Um, uh, that's molten in in one of the factories at some point and the um, terminator sort of solidifies that liquid and comes out of the ground. And the latest um, 3D printing approach looks very much like that. You start with a vat of resin and an electrostatic charge is applied to the bottom of the resin which solidifies um that that liquid um where you want it to be um, um solid lifts up that solid piece the process repeats itself and out of the liquid you have a solid thing that you wanted to make and the whole process does look like a terminator coming out of this vat <laughs> of liquid
0: <laughs> you're, you're reminding me of uh, my childhood len um at school you know we kind of make it- objects in design technology from plastic you're kind of building up the layers and sticking them together or you're blow molding and making a shape but you have to have a the mold to start with Um, so 3D printing are you saying that you don't need the mold to start with in a physical sense 3D printing is kind of you know clever and does it cleverly without a thing beforehand well
1: uh, up to a point yes um so the 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 point is is the geometry of what you're trying to do and the fact that we live on a big planet with gravity so if you're trying to 3d print for example an inverted pyramid at some point that pyramid is going to topple over so you do need to build some supports or 3d print on those supports however Uh. Generally, the big advantage uh, and there are several advantages of 3D printing is that um, your, your constraints on the design that you can make are opened up. You've got far more freedom in the sorts of shapes that you can make. Why is that? When I'm making something using a traditional manufacturing approach such as lathes or using drills or what have you, I've got to get the tools that are used to make the thing. In into that thing to be able to put the right holes or remove the right um, um, uh, materials. Yeah. With a 3D printer, I don't have that constraint. I'm building things layer upon layer upon layer. So the topology of what I'm making could be pretty much anything that I imagine up to a point. Um, You have to think that if I'm doing something, such as, for example, using those melted um, metal powders, that if I've still got loose powder in my finished thing, I'm going to have to get that loose powder out. So you need to think about, how am I going to remove all the material that I don't want in my finished part? but the bit, And one of the, the other advantages of doing this um, is rather than making something with a number of different components that then need to come together and be assembled, I can make something in one go. I can reduce the number of components uh, in my finished product, which means I end up having a faster production, a simpler supply chain, uh, yeah. and coming to your point earlier, something that's actually a lot more sustainable as well.
0: Ah, oh. so you can produce something using 3D printing without the tools, without the mold, but with some support structure. And the only thing that's stopping your production or the only thing that's limiting the design is your imagination. So, one of the things that came to mind, uh, I, obviously kind of I'm in technology but study creativity and art now Isha the artist is coming to mind all of that very intricate amazing kind of almost unworldly design and art is now possible in terms of being able to create in a 3D space like really being able to produce those types of things. Insofar as where the designs are physically achievable, yes.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. Maybe not maybe not all of them, but certainly in terms of the imagination, it it becomes much more of a creative concept it
1: it does it does and and um, some of the the, there are so many advantages of being able to do this and although there are limitations you know you need to think about the materials that you want to use the um, technology the tolerance the precision of your finished part all of these are are factors that will affect the technology the 3D printing technology you want to use and the materials you're going to be using but from a design perspective um, what I can now do is start start designing things for how they're going to be used so if i imagine for example a bracket on an aircraft i if you look at those brackets they're fairly angular and they're fairly solid uh, because the manufacturing to make them using traditional techniques which could easily start with a lump of something and you're steadily removing some of that material to then sculpt the finished part i need to bear in mind that that manufacturing is pretty you know operates on on the 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 normal rules of, of physics whereas if i'm doing something with 3d printing and my design is now freer i can start learning lessons from nature and thinking about well how, what are the stresses what are the strains that this finished part is going to go through and only put the material where it's needed Now, nature has been doing this for thousands of years and we've, you know, bodies and and, and organic parts have evolved to be the optimal design using no more material than they need to. The idea now is that with 3D printing is that we can do things with those organic designs so we can remove unnecessary material and unnecessary weight from finished products. We can optimize the topology for how we want it to be. Now, for industry sectors like aerospace, uh, defense, automotive, where particularly when we're moving into the era of electric vehicles and um, and uh, other power sources where weight has a direct impact on things like range and endurance, being able to remove weight from the finished thing is a really big driver.
0: I can't think when you kind of loading me up with all this. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I want to go and design. <laughs> anyway, you're listening to tech talks with Lou and I'm Lou Temlett. And today I'm talking with Len Panett, a specialist and author using 3D printing in the supply chain. All of that information you've just shared, Len, is completely mind-blowing, certainly in terms of imagination and creativity, in terms of sustainability. And, uh, you know, I I can imagine so much less waste and pollution in the environment for using uh, the benefits of using 3D printing. So how can... Uh, companies utilise or are companies utilising 3D printing in the supply chain at the moment?
1: That's a really good question. So the answer is absolutely. Um, So let's um, put this in a bit of a historical context. Although we've been talking a lot about 3D printing in the last few years, um, it will surprise a lot of people to find out that actually 3D printing is just over 40 years old um it was um developed in the in the late early 80s um and the first users of 3d printing for pretty much the first 15 20 years uh, were designers were architects people who wanted to create designs very quickly for for those of us of under vintage uh, you'll remember the term rapid application prototyping um What's happened in the last 20 years is the technologies have got steadily better and more capable. For the first 20 years, you pretty much were restricted to making things out of plastic and probably even white plastic at that. What's happened recently, more recently, is that we've opened up, we've exploded the different kinds of materials from metals to ceramics, even organic material, to be able to make things using the the range of technologies. Now, what the uh, 3D printers do from a process perspective is they they also free up what you can make and how many you can make. A 3D printer doesn't care if the design of the first part is different from the design of the second part and if those are different from the third and so forth. It can make things just as easily with a 100 different designs as it can to make a 100 of one design.
0: Oh that's that's quite an interesting concept because obviously with traditional production you're having to then make a mold and produce it's cheaper more cost effective to produce many of the same thing exactly. so you're saying 3d printing releases organisations from that mass production it does. Absolutely.
1: And, and in, in supply chain terms, we call it the, uh, the minimum order quantity uh, or the economic order quantity. It's the, the minimum number of things that you can you need to make on a particular production run to make the cost of setting up production um, viable uh, uh, and worthwhile. With 3D yep. printing, that order quantity is down to one. Um, wow. In every case um in obviously that you you, you do need to fight there is a cost of having the right technology and you can uh, we can discuss you know how do you get hold of a 3d printer or at least the capabilities of a 3d printer yeah um, but certainly from a from a an industrial scale using the right approaches uh yes you can do um things in in lots of one um or, or lots of a few now, this also has a. You you mentioned molding, and and this also has an impact in the injection molding world because the molds themselves are things that are tools that have a complex geometry, and they need to be made in the first place and if i use a traditional um, approach um, i'm restricted in what those molds can do or certainly the cost of doing something if i have a a complex geometry for that mold it can take a long time and cost a lot of money um, to get the precise shape that i want to be able to use for injections with a 3d printer i can make those molds much much quicker and with
0: the exact geometry that i want for my my uh, molded parts so we were we were talking earlier about preparation um uh, admittedly it was on the preparation and kind of post-production for podcasting but uh, i can imagine that actually the the time To design and conceptualize something that's three D printing would be the the, almost the longest length of time in the whole process of everything. Uh, Would that be fair in in kind of understanding that process? That it's the design and concept that's time consuming. It can be um,
1: the. Uh, I think one of the the, the big uh, reasons why three D printing has probably accelerated of late is actually we've got a lot better at thinking about the different elements involved in the whole process. So if you imagine, I, I, you're, you're you're right. You do need to think about the design in the first place, and. Uh, That's a challenge nowadays because most designers went through their training at university and on apprenticeships and at work with traditional manufacturing in their heads. So they had to make um, contingencies for the fact that you can't always get what you want, uh, where you want it. Designing something with 3D printing in mind opens up another element of another dimension of freedom But at the same time, you also need to think about the orientation of how you're going to do things, the materials you're going to use, and the post-processing. It's very rare that you can 3D print something and it's immediately ready for use. Normally, there's some sort of post-processing element that that needs to happen. So design is, is definitely one part of the value chain. The second part is another specialist skill, which is you need to take that design and Code it up. It needs to be formed into a digital file that can then be passed on to the three D printer. I'm going to call it the three D printer for, for the sake of yeah. ease. But that that, <laughs> that piece of equipment that is going to use, that is going to bring it to life. Yeah, so that three D printing um, uh, process is the epitome of watching paint dry. Um, to make something using a three D printer because yes. you're building things layer upon layer. Yes, you can do something fairly simple in a matter of hours. If you're making something out of high spec metal, you could be talking, you know, a few days. Uh, If you're talking something of a particular, you know, bigger than a particular size, you could be easily talking a matter of weeks. Um, So 3D printing is not the fastest
0: process to manufacture in itself which also has limitations so what's the benefits of 3d printing are we talking about precision and concept is Um, one of the benefits it can be although it's
1: uh, if you're going to look for things that are highly specific with high spec and high precision um, i think you need to expand 3d printing into digital manufacturing and that means uh, using things like cnc milling um, and using traditional techniques Uh, the the Best, the most accurate, the most precise 3D printed um, things have got an element of cnc or traditional manufacture somewhere along production as well okay but, can you just explain what cnc is So cnc um, milling is is one of the first proper digital manufacturing techniques um and essentially it's it's using um, high spec um tools high spec traditional tools milling lathes um sawing and, and so forth i'm oversimplifying here um to make very very precise shapes but still using the idea that you're removing material from a starting block of something
0: so what Um, does what does cnc actually stand for oh blimey now you've got me there (laughs) all right i'll I'll pop it in the show notes Um, i've heard it so many times in kind of production and manufacturing Um, again i'll do that again (laughs) Ask me again. Go on. (laughs) Um, So what does CNC actually stand for? So CNC means Computer
1: Numerical Control. Um, And it's it's an automated uh, control, it's computer controlled use of normal uh, traditional machining tools, drills and so forth, Um, which makes it essentially a digital manufacturing approach. The advantage, and that's been been around for a while, hasn't it? It has been around for a while, and if you've got any any industry where you're making something that's highly precise, um, with with um, uh, that's with very accurate designs with very low tolerances, um, digital manufacturing will have come into that production somewhere. But the big advantage, you you asked about the, you know, what's the advantage of 3D printing? The biggest advantage um, comes in two two elements. The first one is is in in the lead time from coming up with a design to actually holding the finished part in your hand. With 3D printing, each of the stages in that production... Can be shortened you can you can um, you can market research your designs with the bigger variety of of designs, have the feedback, iterate that design, put yeah. out the next lot, and you can do that cycle time so much faster than you would by um, having to create a prototype using normal approaches. Yeah. The second, um, and and because those elements are all so much faster, and you can simplify designs as well, so you can reduce the number of components. The entire that lead time to have something produced is is a fraction, and there are lots of examples. Um, um, If I'm going to pick one very big example, there was one organization in the Netherlands that created. The propeller, a brass propeller for a tugboat, uh, and they did that in a third of the time that it would have taken to to produce the same thing using a normal approach. Wow. Um, we've got airline aircraft engines that have components in them that have simplified for example, fuel nozzles in jet engines from 26 assembled components into a single component. And that wow. obviously reduces the amount of time that it takes to make them. They also have the advantage that they can optimize the design inside those components, which increase right. their, their efficiency. So lead time is a big part.
0: So why, part- why is it not? Why are we not using more 3D printing right now? That's a very good question <laughs> because it um, makes so much sense. I, it, I, you know, in my head, you know, <laughs> everything should be three three D printed, which obviously would, you know, benefit your your industry. But why is it not? So I think there are there are several
1: reasons that that uh, that are that are easing, but they are conspiring together. Um, the first one is, as great as three D printing is, it isn't the right solution for everything. Three um, D printing is very good at making things in the same material. Um, We're we're starting to see approaches now where we can start making 3D printed things by adding, by by putting serial, uh, by by printing things serially. In other words, 3D printing them in one material, putting them into another 3D printer, adding materials on top of what you're doing, you've got to start with and repeating that most things that we have nowadays from from um uh, iphones to cars or what have you they're made with different materials so we're never going to get to the point where we're going to be able to 3d print a car and it'll have absolutely all the electronics all of the um plastic parts all of the metallic parts made in one go so the we, we have to think about what is 3d printing really good for it's really good for um, things that are needed in lower volumes things that are needed in fewer or single materials um, and uh, um, things that require a particular design where if you try to make it using traditional approaches it would really increase the cost yeah um, we're never going to be able, you know we're never going to get to the point where we're mass producing something using 3d printers Um, there will always be a point where injection molding is the best approach. Yeah. So that that's one side. The other one is, is that constraint in in materials is is, uh, a big part. We can't make things with all of the specification, with all of the high spec materials that we want. We're getting better. Um, We can now do things with ceramics and organics, as I mentioned earlier, with um, high spec metals that we couldn't do before. The, the other uh, constraint that we've had is, is knowledge, is an understanding of what 3D printing can do. And um, whilst engineers are getting much more informed about this, particularly in the last few years, as we've started to see um, 3D printing being used much more in production of end use parts and the tools to make things rather than designs and prototypes um the people who actually suffer the biggest pains from not having the right thing in the right place at the right time are supply chain decision makers um mm-hmm. so that information that that awareness that 3d printing can actually solve so many problems is probably the biggest uh, biggest hindrance
0: okay
1: uh, it's worth saying though that in the last two years you know, one of the um silver linings I suppose of of the pandemic that we've had is actually this has thrust the capabilities of 3D printing in front of uh, those people who who really will make the decisions to use this in a lot more uh, situations. We saw at the beginning of the pandemic the call out for PPE, um, and whilst production takes time to ramp up, we saw the 3D printing world say, "Actually, we can do that," and yeah. they immediately started producing um, visors and producing catches and and all sorts of things um, to help with the PPE pressures. We also saw the demand for ventilators in those first few uh, weeks, and yeah. again, companies that have 3D printers just re uh, ordered those 3d printers to produce parts for ventilators and they did that literally at the push of a button yeah um, so the, the that big advantage of being able to do different designs on a mass customization perspective is yeah. a huge huge advantage of, of 3d printing so um one um 3D printing CEO some years ago made the point of saying, we all know our shoe size, we all know our glove sizes, and some of those who still wore them are hat size. Well, what about our glasses size? Um, You know, imagine you can go out and buy uh, a pair of glasses that is designed for your specific head shape and head size. Um, Imagine going out and buying a spare part that fits the exact geometry of the equipment that it needs to replace. Um, So that customization piece is something that 3D printing can do very, very well and most importantly, inexpensively.
0: Is is anyone doing that right now in terms of the customization um, in 3D printing?
1: Yes, so the, the um, uh, w- as the technology has become more user friendly, um, which incidentally was another constraint. The the technology to design things isn't something that all of us know. It's uh, it, it's not the most user friendly software, yes. um, but as that has improved, we've started to see companies now that are using 3D printers much more creatively on the on a consumer market, for example. So yeah. we've got companies that um, will allow you to design. Um, Fittings for your house uh, using three D printers, and um, they give you a lot of degrees of freedom in the shape and the size and the orientation of the the finished. Decorative item or, or practical item, and, and once you've got that design created, it automatically goes to a three D printer to to be made and and packaged off to to arrive on your doorstep. Um, we're seeing auto manufacturers um, something that started off at the high spec manufacturers, the McLarens and the Ferraris of the world. Um, yeah. You could say, look, I want to customize my panel. Um, with a particular logo a particular shape or what have you and they would use 3d printers to make that finished um, item the price point of 3d printing has fallen so that the that capability is now available in uh, more mass-produced vehicles i can go to mini today and i can order the lenses on my uh, rear lights to have my logo, my initials, or my design, and they will three D print those lenses um, ju- with only a marginal cost extra to getting a standard lens.
0: I think that's that's incredible. I've got, uh, yeah, I'm thinking about my fridge actually, Len, or my freezer. You know, freezer drawers always break. Yes, and uh, yeah, if I could just have a three D printer just to keep replacing that freezer drawer every time it broke. Yeah. That so that's a
1: really good example uh, <laughs> uh, this is that you, you asked earlier on you know who's using 3d printers at the moment well um if you have flown an aircraft or driven a car that was designed in the last 10 years i guarantee that something on that vehicle whether it was in the air or on the road has something that was either designed using a 3d printer or produced using a 3d printer oh. the latest Airbus's, have a thousand 3D printed parts on each one. At least a thousand, I should say. Yeah. What we've also seen, and, and one of the big headaches in the supply chain world is the um, is, is the long tail of spare parts. So if I'm if you imagine you're you're the the manufacturer of your fridge you know. in, they will have um, you know dozens hundreds possibly of models of fridges and every one of those requires spare parts and what they could do is they could say okay um, we think that over the next five years we're going to have a demand of spare parts from our customers which means we need to keep those spare parts in a warehouse somewhere and there might not be many of them but they need to have them so that when the customer calls them up and you say yeah. hello this is Lou I need a new drawer for my fridge they can immediately pull it out of the warehouse package it up and send it to you
0: yeah i think uh, one of the biggest pain points is not being able to get those parts quickly yes. and easily and i can see that you know pairing the supply chain the technology and the 3d printing actually you're reducing the customer pain points. exactly Exactly uh, that.
1: So you've got companies now from from household um, suppliers to industrial suppliers are um, starting to look at this and say, you know, it would be so much better if I could just store the digital designs of my things. And then when a customer says, hey, I need this, rather than me driving, you know, sending an order to a warehouse somewhere and for somebody to go down an alleyway, pull it off the shelf, send it to a parcel company and then ship it out to you. Or they go to the shelf and find out, hey, we haven't got any, but now I need to go and find somebody to make one of those for me. Wouldn't it be better if I had a digital file that I can simply say, oh, I've had an order. I send the digital file to a 3D printer. It's produced. It's finished. It's put into a box and sent to my
0: customer. It's so much more so much simpler. It's so much it's so much cheaper. <laughs> it's a, it's almost laughable. And those single um single material items yes. tend to be the ones that break. And it actually yes. makes perfect sense. You know, if 3D printing in its in its best form is using one material, yes, then It kind of makes perfect sense to me. I think there's a business there, Len. (laughs) uh, (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the
1: the other big advantage comes to something you mentioned at the top of the the interview, which was uh, sustainability. So rather than me having my customer in the southwest of England, for example, my warehouse somewhere in Eastern Europe, and my headquarters, say, for example, in the middle of Germany, um, and having to move these orders and parts around the whole of Europe, yeah. I can have my designs hosted on a computer, on a network somewhere, and I can send those designs to a 3D printer that is next to the customer. So I, if I've got my, my network set up, I can qualify who's going to 3D print it, how they're going to finish that part. So I can actually reduce the distance that the physical parts of the supply chain have to travel. Which now increases my sustainability and my supply chain.
0: It's just all mind blowing, Len. Uh, there are so many possibilities, and actually, I feel lots of frustration as well because it feels like things haven't really moved quick enough. Um, and the pandemic, I'm incredibly grateful because it sped up so many different things: the working from home, the you know, the production of things. Um, but how, you know, what else do we need to? continue to speed things up? Is it a case of speeding things up or do we need more thinking time and more development time to um, prove these things? This is a good question. Uh, certainly
1: we need, we need um, an appetite to go out and, and try it uh, and understand what can be done and more importantly what can't be done. Um, 3D printing is the same as any other technology. Um, it's not the panacea um it, it won't solve every problem, but it will solve a lot of problems. One of the first uh, you mentioned earlier on, you know, what is what's holding us back? One of the big problems that companies have is trying to make the decision of what things to use 3D printing for. If you're a transport company, if you're a mining company, an oil and gas company or, or, or an, uh, an aircraft manufacturer, your catalogue of items, the number of items that you need to make your finished thing can run into the hundreds of thousands. Yeah, And trying to figure out out of those hundreds of thousands of parts <laughs> yes. is a huge data challenge. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that we've seen um happening in the last uh, last couple of years is an acceleration of companies that can do that analysis that can use um, computer based tools, whether that's artificial intelligence machine learning um, or, or what have you to analyze based on the designs of a part based yeah. on the supply chain characteristics you know lead time minimum order quantity price and what have you which ones make sense. To go through the 3d printing route yeah. and which ones don't even go there <laughs> don't even touch <laughs> um, being able to answer that very very first question is the first step to yeah. to going down this process and um, uh, when i mentioned earlier on about awareness in in the supply chain community i think that being able to solve that problem being able to provide a little bit of intelligence to where to play the game, where to use this approach, is yes. is one of the first hurdles to get over. The good news is is that there are companies now that will do this and will do it at a very low cost. Um, one of the, uh, I think one of the big advantages from from the whole idea of using three D printing is that it doesn't matter if you're a large company or a small company or even a startup, you can have access to the same sorts of tools, whatever your size. Yeah. The idea of being able to do something as a service or do something on an item by item basis, if you're a startup tomorrow, you can have the same manufacturing capability almost overnight as you if you were Ford or another industrial company that's been operating for a hundred of years and have a huge global manufacturing network
0: that offers so many potential so much potential and so many opportunities that actually you know it's it, it kind of using your imagination and knowing that these things are possible and i think for for any listener out there that uh, you know wants to get into the 3d the 3d supply chain or the 3d production space um Len, uh, are you happy to share your details for the show notes?
1: Absolutely. I'm delighted to uh, to answer any questions and,
0: and follow up with anyone who thinks this might be right for them. <laughs> I think you know we could have probably two, three, four conversations on three D printing in the supply chain. Len um, and it's Len is a very accomplished speaker, and uh, do check out uh, some of the links in the show notes for where he's appearing or you know his book, uh, which is called Supercharged: How Three D Printing Will Drive Your Supply Chain. Whilst for some of us that sounds like a really dry subject, Len has just brought it to life. So I'm incredibly grateful for your enthusiasm Len, because that really aids to understanding technology and you know progress in the world um with a, a little bit of fun and uh some enthusiasm it goes a very long way <laughs>
1: it does it does there's one story Lou, if i may that, that i thought yes. brings it really to light um so some a few years ago uh nasa thought that actually 3d printing might be a way of solving so many of its problems on the international space station and they partnered with a company that um, made a 3D printer for the ISS, put it on a rocket, and they sent it up. Um, when it arrived at the ISS, they unpackaged it. The astronaut uh, who was tasked with this unpackaged it and installed it. And he noticed that the protection screen on the front of the printer had cracked in the journey. Um, so the NASA basically had the designers of the pr- 3D printer send the design by electronics yeah. <laughs> to the ISS, and it made its own spare part. And then a couple of days later, he needed a ratchet, which, again, they they designed specifically on Earth, sent it up to the ISS, and he had it within a matter of days. It would have taken something like three months for him to receive that part at the end.
0: Exactly. Uh, that, that's, that's where the, the supply chain doesn't exist.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And and this is now the plan. So NASA's plans for, for Mars uh, is to use uh, and the moon, I might add, is to use the raw materials that we have on the moon and on Mars to produce using 3D printers, produce the habitation, produce things uh, for use on there.
0: Oh, my goodness. What a note to end on. Goodness <laughs> me. <laughs> my mind blown even more Len Uh, it's just incredible and uh, I just want to thank you for you know sharing these stories and all of the explanation Um, it's just you know incredible to understand and learn about all of these things on our our kind of journey so thank you so much and uh, it's been a great interview I hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as I have recording it I look forward to have you listening in again for the next episode. And in the meantime, I'd love you to rate, review and download this episode. Thanks again for listening.